Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I have spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Paul Barron, you are the founder and CEO of The Wall Printer, found on the web at thewallprinter.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Catherine, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation to talk with you and your audience today. Thank you so much. So, Paul, at a high level, tell me about The Wall Printer and what exactly are you guys doing? Well, um, it, it might help to just preface it, um, and I'll try to be as uncharacteristically brief as possible um, in that uh, my background is about four decades of finding interesting, innovative products, technology, services from foreign countries. And when I say foreign, again, this is the internet, so you could have people from all over the world listening in on, but outside of North America, um, companies that create anything from, I've represented a self-service dog wash from Australia, a Chinese headband headphone for children, um, an innovative baby bottle from Austria, um, software technologies uh, from uh, Russia, um, and, and I could go on. Um, but suffice to say that most of my background has been uh, early on, I had my own, several of my own businesses that I founded in various um, areas and uh, not retail, manufacturing, distribution, software development. Um, and I found early on the hats I like to wear and the hats I don't like to wear. And every entrepreneur should also or any would-be or wanna-be entrepreneur should also figure out what they do best um, and, and zero in on that and leverage those skills and also passions that they have. For me, it was sales and marketing. I liked identifying markets. I ended up um, finding a, a nice niche in terms of uh, representing other countries and finding their high value audiences here in the United States. Those audiences might be customers, uh, end users, uh, strategic partners, vendors, anything that would help a company with those products and services grow here in the United States and Canada um, and, and find those audiences for their products and services. Um, and I did that as a hired gun for pretty much most of my life. 
Um, I retired several times, always drawn back into it because I would find something interesting. Um, but generally, I would work for the company on a hired basis. Um, it might be a commission salesperson. It might have been some piece of equity in the business or something. Um, but I said if I was going to ever do this again after my last venture, which was a self-service Australian dog wash uh, that I ended up having a manufacturer here in the United States um, start building these machines here. It was easier than transporting them halfway around the world. Um, and, and then I exited that company by selling it to the um, manufacturer. Um, but with that said, I, if I was going to do this again, I wanted to own the product. I wanted, I wanted to really take ownership of it from start to finish and see just how big I can make the company. And so in, in doing that, my, my background is generally like everybody else. You've got the internet is available to us. So you search the internet and you find things, or these days they find you when they know what you're looking for or not looking for. Um, so um, whenever I see something, I usually say to my wife, hey, Maureen, I said, come over, take a look at this. Well, generally, instead of looking at what I'm talking about, she runs and cuts up my credit cards and hides the bank account because she thinks, oh, here we go again. He's going to invest in some crazy product or something. Um, this time she was all in. And when I say this time, so what I found was, and actually I was approached by one of my competitors today. I was approached several years ago um, to do just what I described that I do um, is uh, it was a German company that manufactured a vertical printing machine. They asked me to help them launch it here in the United States. Could not work out the deal that I wanted with them, even though I found the product interesting. Um, so, the, so the negotiations fell apart in terms of my doing anything with them, but I loved the technology and the machine, but it's something I had never seen before. Now, all those other examples I gave you like baby bottles and dog washes and headbands for children, and even some of the software technology, this is something you know about. Just like if you were gonna get into the food business and there's hamburgers, there's McDonald's and Burger King, you've got Kentucky Fried Chicken and Zaxby's, you've got pest control companies, plumbers, everybody's doing something that somebody else has done, um, and, but maybe they can do it better or provide better service or a better product, whatever. They think that there's some differentiating factor they can bring to the table that will solve a problem out there. So they start their own business. With vertical printing, I had never seen anything like that before, which of course is my first um, green flag. Some people it's a red flag. For me, it's a green flag to explore this further and find out why I don't know anything about it. And so, so I did, and I found out that there were only five manufacturers in the world, one of which was the German company that approached me first. Then I found there were two Chinese companies. There was a, an Indian company and an Australian company. None of them with any presence here in North America none in the United States. And so, and I found out why. It's because these are machines that are commercial quality printing machines that require a lot of hand-on um, service support, um, availability of inks, parts, everything else that all these other companies didn't want to bring to the, you know, to the United States. Um, me, I, I wasn't, um, what's the right term? Um, yes, I'm a risk taker, um, but I like, it to, I like to consider it an informed risk. Um, and so I went out and I found out a little bit more and I spent a year learning about these machines and about the different manufacturers until finally I settled on one that I selected was, a, was an excellent factory, had the, uh, had the capability of delivering what I wanted to do. I negotiated an agreement with them and I, and I acquired all rights to um, North America, South America and the Caribbean. Um, since then, they've asked me to take on some other English-speaking parts of the world because they see the commitment I've made both financially plus the infrastructure I put in place with personnel and everything else um, to support this growing business. 
Um, now, of course, with all that said, people may be thinking, boy, this is some smart guy. Not so true. Um, I, I created this venture in November of 2019, um, got my first shipment of machines in, didn't know anything about them. They were all in Chinese. Um, I had no idea really what I had invested in. I had an idea, but not a hands-on experience with these machines to that point. And then, of course, that was November uh, of 2019, come January in 2020, before the, we even got all these machines unpacked, COVID came around. Well, now the world stopped. So here I am sitting here with machines that nobody's ever seen or heard about before. Um, nobody's traveling to come take a look at it. Um, so what am I to do? Um, well, whereas everybody was laying off people and closing down shops, um, sadly, because of either lack of personnel or because of the restrictions that COVID imposed on all of us, um, I went all in and I started hiring people in my technical staff, in my social media area. Um, I decided to find out who wants this, if and when I'm actually able to sell these machines um, and put people in business, because that was our mission. Our mission was to create business opportunities for people. We are not a franchise. Um, we, are, we don't dip into people's pockets for royalties or, or tell them what they have to call their business. Um, they get to create their own logo, their own brand. It may be part of an existing business if they're in something adjacent to what wall printing does, such as painting, muralists, artists, graphics designers, construction workers, people who know businesses and residential customers and may be able to add value to what they're already doing by introducing wall art to these people. Our machines basically do just that. They print vertically on any wall indoors, outdoors, any surface, any weather conditions, um, and they hold up for years. And so uh, this was a product that uh, I spent a good part of 2020, almost nine months of doing nothing but exploring who the customers might be that want this by sending out social media posts and videos and creating that. And also learning those machines that I said came to me all in Chinese. Now they're all translated to English, Spanish, Portuguese, French Canadian, because those are the markets I serve. So we created all the documentation, all the training materials, all the instructional materials, helping customers with their, uh, their own social media and web presence uh, by providing images and videos that they can use. And now fast forward through 2020 and 2000 and all of 2021, we've grown to having about 65 customers today um, throughout North and South America and we are everywhere from Vancouver to Florida to Colombia, Panama, um, Chile, um, and other areas in between all throughout the United States from California um, to Texas, to Chicago, to Boston, uh, Florida, um, and, and everywhere in between. And we have 65 today. Our goal is to have about 500 to 1,000 over the next five years or so. Uh, but today we're growing rapidly, selling about one to two machines and territories because our business model is to deliver exclusive territories to people to grow their wall and floor printing businesses. Because in addition to a wall printer, we also have a floor printer that could print logos and artwork on any floor, whether it's the bottom of a swimming pool or a big logo in a foyer of an office building um, or a logo on a basketball court, um, our machines can do that. And again, on any wall at all. And so uh, that's what we're doing. We are introducing this to people on a regular basis, uh, putting people in business, supporting their success locally, giving them exclusive territory so that nobody else can, including us, can sell a machine to these people within their territories and, uh, and support their success. And it only, takes about, it only takes about 15 seconds for a customer 
um, or for anybody to understand what these machines do. And where I don't know if your audience is going to be able to see behind me, but that's a wall print on a concrete wall, cinder block wall. Uh, that's a print that's five feet by eight feet. It took two hours to print with our machines that print about 20 square feet per hour. And so that image takes about $10 worth of ink, has, takes about two hours to print it, the return on that, that would cost the customer somewhere in the neighborhood of $600 to $1,000 to have that printed on their wall in a fraction of the time that an artist can do that. Um, this doesn't take food off the table of artists, though, because artists just have to create their images in their digital formats like Adobe Photoshop, Adobe Illustrator, Corel Draw, the tools of the trade, so to speak, for graphics designers and digital art these days. But we print it. That's all. We just print it faithfully, uh, near photo quality and uh, quicker than anybody else can do. I like it. Thank you for sharing all of that. I'm curious, you said, you know, sometimes you've got to bring the manufacturing to America and um, sometimes the solution there works better like with the dog wash. Um, are the machines still coming in from China today that, that you're having or did you bring any of the ink and the supplies so that's um, a great into question. the Americas? Yeah, Catherine, great question. So the impulse is to do everything here in the US. However, that's always not the case that, um, that local is better, unfortunately. There are some things that just, and I'm not just talking cost and labor costs, like most people's knee-jerk reaction to doing business overseas, but there is quality coming out of foreign countries, uh, whether it be German engineering or whether it be Chinese engineering, um, there are, there's machinery and capabilities for, for precision parts. Wasn't so important with something like a dog wash um, or, or a headband. Um, that, that children are going to wear to, to sleep or hear music. Um, these are technologies that are easy duplicated here. Um, and then it gets into the labor issues. But for us, it's really precision engineering of products. Some of which we found we, we've tried to do that here in the US and haven't been able to do it for anywhere near the quality or the cost. Um, but with that said, inks is another matter. These machines need inks to run. And the inks that do run in these machines must be very precisely manufactured. And that's also a test, that's a great question also because of the testament to the relationship I have with the Chinese manufacturer. Um, we, we actually, um, they, they provide really anything I need to manufacture products here in the United States, should it make sense to do that. Um, they're not holding on to their technology. Um, and, and I even take that to the point that I am a co-owner on three patents with the Chinese manufacturer. Very unusual for an American company to actually co-own patents with a manufacturer. Um, but I was a co-inventor on several items that I thought differentiated their products, which I wanted to protect with patents here in the United States. And so I did that with their cooperation. With the inks, we manufacture them here. They sent us the formulas. We sent them to a couple of different manufacturers to try to duplicate them, sent them back to the Chinese manufacturer to certify and test them in the machines. And it's this level of cooperation that has really, I think, built a great foundation of success between me and this particular vendor. Um, so we, doubt, we do manufacture our own parts here. There are some computer components that are in these machines that are made here in the United States. So we source them here and we assemble them here in the United States. Um, things like some of the electrical power supplies, we buy them here in the US uh, to make sure that it conforms with local laws and all that uh, for electric. Um, so, so it's a mixture. I think, it, it I, think it's, I think it's great because I mean, that truly is collaboration across the world and it, it aligns with the different countries and, and the parts of the Western hemisphere that you're supporting with your clients. So um, you're able to leverage all your past experience and then be able to, to leverage this collaboration to be able to put 
you know, beautiful pieces of art, like what you have behind you for a fraction of the cost and create jobs for people that are looking to start businesses. So I think it, I think it's a great solution. And that's really what this is about. This is just a vehicle. People ask me what I do as you did at the beginning. And my knee jerk reaction is usually I'm industry agnostic. Um, just like the products that I described, I've represented or, or, or sold over the years. Um, and in some cases participated in that product development cycle. Um, it doesn't matter to me what it is. Um, if there's a market for it, if it's solving a problem, if it's something interesting, something people can get passionate about and they can grow their own businesses, reach their own financial and personal goals for their families, their stakeholders, their investors, their employees, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. And that's all this is. This is, you know, this could have been something else. I just found vertical printing to be fascinating. Um, and then when I dug into it deeper and invested in it, I found out it really is a good, reliable product that just needs to be introduced and supported here. Um, and so with that in place, um, putting people in business is really the mission of our company and, and get, letting them experience that, um, that personal satisfaction and growth. I love that. And, you know, what you're talking about also is, is putting people in business and things that people need to consider, you know, not just the solution, but is the culture and um, you know, we're seeing more and more people talk about culture, especially post COVID. Um, and, you know, I was talking with somebody just yesterday about culture and, and not everybody understands what culture is. And some people are, are saying that culture is, you know, having a nice steak lunch provided for a working lunch. And I'm thinking maybe they don't understand what culture is. And so, you know, it's not just a, a nice meal, but it's something that you maybe can't always put words around. However, I feel that, you know, just doing some research with you and, and understanding your business and your background is you are able to provide that high energy and diversified culture with just good people. And it sounds like culture is something that's very important to you and to your business and to the people that you're supporting. And I would love to hear from somebody with your experience how important culture is and, um, and just your thoughts around that, if that's okay. Well, sure. You know, people, you know, ask me a lot. Um, especially when they're starting up a business or thinking about starting a business, they've got an idea, and, but they've never worn that hat as, as the leader or CEO of a company or the person who's basically, you know, the buck stops here role. And so they ask me, you know, what makes a good CEO? And my answer is really very simple. Um, it's somebody who's wise enough to hire the best people to do a job and then smart enough to back off and let them do it. Um, and that might actually be the other way around, smart enough to hire good people, but wise enough to back off and let them do it. Um, I want the people around me to not only earn more money, um, but to have a feeling of satisfaction and self-worth at the end of the day, that was more than when they started. And I've been blessed with a pretty good team um, that not only cooperates with themselves, with our customers, um, but they, uh, but with the company, uh, the wall printer, and they, they value our success. They achieve personal success through that. And our customers see that, um, we don't get bad reviews. Um, maybe the, maybe the machine might fail for a customer for one reason or another, but we're attentive to that and we address it and we understand the machines and better than anybody. So we can fix that problem if, if it's a mechanical problem, but nobody's ever faulted us on the support that we give to help people achieve that level of success they want. So the culture you're talking about, uh, to me, it's all about the people internally, and then that then builds to our customers and to their success. And nothing could be more important than, than identifying people who have that solid, cohesive mission in mind. If everybody's just worrying about themselves, I've always found that what you give, you get back. 
And so, um, you know, if you, if you create an environment, culture, if you will, um, that, that encourages people, um, that gives them a path. If somebody sees um, that there's a workshop that's related somehow to their tasks here, but something that I can't provide, but they, they desire for their own betterment and education, hey, I'll support that. And I'll let them do that and have the time and the, and the funds if necessary to go ahead and improve on their experiences. Um, but again, all of that contributes to having a, a community, if you will. You know, culture is one word. You know, I look at it really here as a community, not only a community of my own employees and the people who support the wall printer success, but the community of our customers and how they also cooperate with one another. You know, there are jobs out there that when that quickly our customers realize, boy, it would be good if I had two or three machines because there's two or three walls in this business or this home that I could knock out much quicker. And they call in a nearby wall printer to come and help them with that. And they work out deals of agreement between them. We don't dictate anything like that, but they're always cooperating with one another. And whether it be for ideas, um, customer opportunities, or just to complete a job. Um, and, and again, it's, that's a, a, another aspect of culture and community that I think determines whether or not a company is number one, going to be successful. And number two, everybody's expectations are realized. That's, that's perfect. And, you know, you shared earlier about this, this growth that, that you're experiencing and continuing to experience and where it's going. And, you know, we're aware of, of what's happening in the workplace, which is called the great resignation. There's a lot of people that are, are leaving now and that's okay because that, that means opportunity. Um, and people are not just, you know, remaking themselves in this next phase, but businesses are continuing um, to kind of explore and expand solutions. So again, this is all making me think of you, you know, you, you want to find that, that next career um, or you want to be able to take that, that next solution for your business to keep, you know, growing. Um, and sometimes funding can hinder potential growth. And as I looked at your solution online, I noticed that you actually have a partner or, or a solution that you can share that you collaborate with that kind of helps with the financing and to get people off the ground because sometimes the financing really hinders an opportunity for someone who has the, the, the right fit and the right attitude to run with the business. And I didn't know if you'd be willing to just talk about that, um, that option to kind of sure. help these folks go. Absolutely. And you, and you hit Catherine on a couple of things there um, in what you just described. And I, and I, and you can pull me in if I go too far astray, but I'll try to, I'll try to hit the two, two buttons that, that uh, were, were pressed in, in, your just in, in your description just now um, of, of the financing we'll get to. Um, but first you also talked about you know, the, the, the jobs and people being laid off and the situation that we all found ourselves in over these last two years. So when I tell people about the wall printer and they engage in a Zoom call with us to find out more and we get to meet them and see them because of the, to taking advantage of this technology, which I think has helped so much in these times um, and grown hopefully for the betterment of, of, of all people's interests. Uh, but in us particularly, I tell people, look, you wanna be a wall printer, good news and bad news. The good news, Catherine, is if you were going to do this in South Carolina, you'd be the first one there to do this today. The bad news is, that's the bad news is you'd be the first one to do it. The good news is you'll be the first one to do it. So you have, it's up to you to introduce people to something they've never seen or heard about before. And so, so in so doing, we've been able to take advantage of these last two years where people have spent a lot of time at home in transition, surfing the net, 
seeing things like our videos pop up perhaps in their Facebook newsfeed or on LinkedIn or just on Google searches for business opportunities. Um, because it's, 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 again, it's a business opportunity, not necessarily somebody who has to have printing or graphics expertise. That's not a requirement at all. Um, so, so we are, we are looking for people. We're not necessarily looking for people, but we're finding a lot of people who've been in the situation you described. They're in transition. They don't know exactly what they want to do, or it's the mother or grandfather who says, you know, my kid's graduating high school and college and doesn't have really any direction right now of what they want to do. Um, you know, for the price of a car, they'll buy them a wall printing machine and put them in business if they're so inclined for this type of semi-manual work, hands-on, and also the mindset to grow a business, which is more important than actually just operating the machine. Now, with that said, um, you asked about, you know, how do you get into a business like this that has a machine that costs twenty-five dollars to $35,000 in an exclusive territory that may cost a little bit more than that. Uh, but for $35,000, that's really the, the, the capital investment that needs to be made in this. Now, fortunately for people um, looking at something like this, there's equipment involved. So un very similar to leasing a car, you're, you, can, you have the opportunity to lease equipment. Now, of course, all of this depends on your credit as to what kind of terms you would get, whether it be from your bank or from the leasing partners you described that we do have in place for people to take advantage of. But it's really up to the individual's credit and their business history. If they're a startup, there's obviously a lot more restrictions and a lot more risk, and usually interest rates are higher. But the availability of equipment financing fits nicely with the wall printer. Uh, because it is a piece of equipment that's worth over $35,000. We sell it for $25,000, but most people could fund, if they have the credit for it, they could fund their wall printing equipment and the cost of their territory within a, a lease agreement. Um, we don't get involved in it. We don't make money on the leasing. It's just an introduction we make to a partner that knows our equipment and will fund it for the qualified person. Okay. So I, I feel like a lot of what you're talking about is collaboration across the board, like all this success, all these experiences that you bring to the table. There's just a lot of, of collaborative efforts. And when we work together like this, we can do so much more, even bigger than we even imagined. And before we even um, hit record to, to record this, um, we talked about paying it forward and the importance of paying it forward. And kind of as we're, we're wrapping up, you shared that that you give back um, with UNC, University of North Carolina, Wilmington, with the Center of Entrepreneurs and Innovation. And I would love for you just to kind of share the importance of paying it forward and how you're giving back with these other entrepreneurs and um, in this innovation center that you have. I think it's wonderful. Well, I appreciate that. But it, it's, um, you know, everybody is a position to help somebody with something at some time. Um, so, you know, generally you have to have the mindset that number one, you don't mind being that person. <laughs> That's first and foremost. Um, everybody has some experience. I don't care whether you're young, old, whatever, you know, yeah, I'm 70 years old. So maybe I have more experiences than some, um, I, I have some successes. I have some that I like to call lesser successes versus the word failure. Um, but, but they all are, they all produce learning experiences and these are experiences to share with somebody. And even people who don't own a business has, has experience working for people. And they have something to contribute to into what has created the environments that really make them the most productive. You know, being able to recognize people's skills and people's talents that they may, they may not know themselves. And so that, there's responsibilities up and down, um, you know, for, for people to help one another and for, and, for, and for redirecting or directing people onto their path 
of um, that will give them the, the journey that's most productive um, for themselves and their families and their coworkers. Um, you know, yes, there's the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship here in Wilmington. It's associated with UNCW. Um, when I moved here 12 years ago, it's one of the first places I went to to find out what was going on business-wise in the community. I found it to be a great resource where there are people wearing all sorts of hats, not only the sales and marketing hats that I wear best, but lawyers, accountants, um, people, manufacturing, distribution, all sorts of people in all sorts of areas um, that were there to be able to lend a helping hand or advice or suggestions to people who had an idea or a business, um, whether it exists or whether it's just in the idea stage um, and, and being sounding boards for these people and helping them through that process of, is this a business? Does it solve a problem that somebody has? Um, is it worth investing in by me or somebody else? Um, you know, and what steps do I have to take to actually create a business out of this or create a product or whatever? Um, and so, so, yeah, it gives me a lot of pleasure to participate in, in the activities of the, of the CIE, as we call it here, Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. I'm also an advisor for the Cameron School of Business, uh, which is the business school at UNCW. Um, I guess lecture there once or twice a year and help with uh, they do rocket pitches, which are you know pitch decks that businesses form to to throw out I their idea to other people to see if it has traction um, in the community or in the business area that they're focusing on. Um, and so I act as a judge for some of those events, um, and uh, and it gives me a lot of pleasure um, to do that. I've seen a lot of companies get funding. I've seen a lot of with my help and with the help of those others around me that do the same thing that I'm doing. Um, people with a lot more skills and talent and experiences that I have that can, that can help others. Um, but it's a, it's a good collaborative, as you said, it's a great collaborative community um, that, that focuses on the needs of others more so than their own needs at this time. They're willing to leverage their experiences to help those others that are starting out or entering into a path where they can be of help. I think that's that's beautiful, Paul. Thank you for sharing that. I am glad that you found a, a green flag with the wall printer. More importantly, I'm glad Maureen didn't uh, go cut <laughs> up all your credit cards. So um, we all know that you know marriages are in on these businesses together. It impacts one and the other. Yet another collaboration. So um, I'm, I'm grateful that all that um, has worked out so well. If someone wants to um, take the next steps with you, how? is the best way to get in touch with you or what is the best way to keep learning? Yeah, and I, and I welcome people taking these next steps, not only for the wall printer, um, if that's a business they wanna learn more about, uh, wall printing and floor printing um, that you can get through my current venture. Um, and they can easily do that by going to thewallprinter.com. As you mentioned early on, there's a contact page, you fill out a form, um, that's the best way to do it. That's so we get an accurate email address and phone number for people so we can communicate properly with you and send you all the information and pricing and details and current availability of territory where you might live and want to start your business. That's one area. Second area is if you just want to connect, I'm happy to do that. You mentioned early on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a professional network. This is not an advertisement for LinkedIn by any means, um, but I have a profile there. I think anybody entering the business world, whether you're a student, um, or whether you actually have a business or you're working for somebody, um, I think you should be on LinkedIn only because it does give you the opportunity to then interface and reach out to others. Um, and, you can, and you can find groups of people or individuals that are either like-minded or that can help you solve a problem. Not unlike what we've talked about today, but maybe specific to your industry 
or work experience or life experience. So feel free to connect with me. You could just search my name, Paul Barron, um, B-A-R-O-N, um, and uh, it, it's, uh, you know, you'll find me eventually, I'm sure. Um, I've got enough traction on LinkedIn that people should not have a difficulty finding me or the wall printer. And if you connect with me and want to have a dialogue about something, I'm always open and available. That's wonderful. Paul Barron, you are the founder and CEO of The Wall Printer, found on the web at thewallprinter.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Catherine. I enjoyed this. My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherinecanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherinecanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here.